Hi there, welcome to Typical Books. I'm Lydia Peaver, and this is the podcast mirror of my YouTube show, Typical Books, where we talk about horror fiction. So, on with the show. Hi there, today on Typical Books, I'm going to talk about local haunts and my story that's in it, Fading Applause in Quintland. Now, Local Haunts is out just now, and it's October 1st today. If you haven't received your copy, don't fret, it is on the way. If you've only just placed your pre-order, it will happen fast. My copy actually came from the newly created Canadian Distribution Centre, so it was printed here in Canada, which is fantastic. So wherever you live, I'd be very curious to hear about where your copy came from. The Dion Quintuplets are what my story revolves around, although they don't feature in the story. Who are the Dion Quintuplets? Not these girls. This is my grandmother and my great aunts. They were five identical quintuplets born in Northern Ontario. And there's only people of a certain age that really recall them because it was the high point of wartime news in across the world, specifically Canada and the US. We paid very close attention, although they garnered worldwide praise. And my story is in Local Haunts. Look at this. It is a beautiful book. It is The cover is lovingly created by Cameron Rubik, who you may recall from his own books and illustrating Cameron Trainee's Autumn Crow. So we have the Camerons in here. And of course, the creator, Regina R. St. Clair, has her own story in here. Thank you, Regina. You can head over to Regina's channel. There is a giveaway right now for the ebook and a upcoming giveaway for paperbacks. And there is contact information in the back of the book so that you can uh, get review copies, you're urged to leave a review, and who knows, maybe some of the authors will be doing giveaways too. A beautiful book, wonderful company, and I am so pleased to be included in these pages. And Local Haunts is really what it's all about. Like There's stories here of musty forgotten cellars that are to me on the other side of the world. There is the a Titanic Museum, again, on the other side of the world from me. There's a few other more local haunts to me because there's other Canadians in Jason White and others in here. And of course, not too far down the road, as it were, in Pennsylvania, there's stories that take place there and other places around the world too. So very excited for everyone to read these and I'm excited to hear about other people who have had experiences with these same stories featured in here. Now there is, it runs the gamut from uh, very classic haunting tales to very modern scary stories. So I, I think there's going to be something in here for everybody and it's all just exquisitely written, right? So it's very well done, very well put together and just a beautiful book. There is a ring of truth to them. It's based on a place I went. It's based on a place I lived or it's based on people I knew or stories I had intimate knowledge of or based on things somebody said. So there's always some sort of truth, like my grandmother's farm features in a lot of stories that I've written, and a place that I'd lived with a creepy basement features in a lot of stuff. So to have the quintuplets finally feature in a story has been a long time coming. And I'll tell you why. I worked at the Dion Quince Museum for quite some time, and I, in the links below, I'm gonna have quite a few videos that you can go to, so I'll ask you to wait a second before you go do that, because there is a driving and walking tour, and in that tour, there's a blue star on the map, it's a Google map, that I created years and years ago when I worked at the museum, that uh, is the 
area that I'm talking about. And you could go there and you could Google Maps and look around and look at Google Earth and check it out for yourself. So that'll be fun. There's other videos that feature the two surviving quintuplets, Annette and Cecile, and of course there is some of Quintland itself. My story is not necessarily about the girls because A, they have had enough exploitation in their life, and B, I wanted to write a scary story and they're not scary. Their story is to some very tragic, to some very triumphant. It's a very rich story. It's more than just five girls were born during wartime and warmed the hearts of world newsreaders. It's much more than that, although that's the primary thing they are known for. And they're also known for being the birth of like, oh my god, such great advertising. Oh my. Their faces were the cusp of cutting edge advertising tactics. At the time, they hit all of the classic appeals that you might have learned in media studies class. And as they aged, they aged like any teen heartthrob did to us. They were exploited from the minute they were born until even now. And it is just too tragic, so I didn't certainly didn't want to uh, include them necessarily. You may read the story and come back to me and say, oh, but they are in there. They're not. Uh, Quintland, though, is, and that's more of the creepier version. And I take it to another creepy place, of course, but it's a fictional story, right? And it's also based on my recollection of Quintland and the Quint's grounds. My grandmother knew one of the people that had originally worked in, in Quintland, so I visited that woman's store when I was a kid and there was Quint memorabilia everywhere. We had a cup in our china cabinet growing up that had like doll parts in it and it was because it was a set of Dion Quintuplet baby dolls where the elastics had given way and rotted over the years so all of their limbs had let go and it was the most macabre thing. My sister to this day keeps a, an assorted cup of doll parts in the china cabinet uh, in memory of that. And it was funny because those were my grandfather's dolls. The quintuplets figured into life in my hometown and the surrounding area in fits and starts. And they were sort of simmering in the background all of my life. And it was just a natural thing when it came up for a position at the museum. I was a shoe-in because I had a little graphic design knowledge. I was looking to boost a little journalism skill before I went to school for journalism. And I was also looking to broaden my horizons. And this was a uh, coordinator for the 75th birthday party. So a great big thing. And, you know, having grown up near the land, having seen the museum a few times up until that point, having stayed in a house that is on the property, one of the remaining houses that used to be part of Quintland, my uh, aunt and uncle had lived in. So I'd stayed there as a child and spent quite a bit of time roaming around. I've even been in the big mansion because it had become a nursing home. And at one point in my life, a friend of mine knew I was interested in the quintuplets and worked at the museum. And she said, well, remember my grandma who you'd met here and there, uh, she's there now, so let's go visit her. And that was a real treat to see not only my friend's grandmother, but to visit the home as it has been, you know, somewhat kept as it had been when the quintuplets lived there. And I got to walk up the very steps that they're often photographed in. Now it's not entirely removed from quint life 
to have featured in a scary story around Halloween. Their photographer followed them around relentlessly, of course, and especially Halloween. Any chance for the girls to play dress up was a big event. And there was greeting cards, ads, and of course, just photo ops for the girls. So people saw a lot of the Quinns dressed up for Halloween. And I always found those were my favorite. And those were a real draw at the museum as well, as far as photos go. The little witch outfits, the little ghost outfits. And uh, in the spirit of 1940s and 50s advertising, or I guess late 30s, because they were born in 1935. So the advertising around the time was just very tongue-in-cheek and very fun and very family-oriented and very safe, right? So it was just kind of hilarious. And so that's a little bit about where this story came from. The grounds these days are as they're described, where the house used to stand, where these five girls were born, is a vacant field. There's houses around it, but it is a field. Across the road, there's this huge mansion and the remnants of Quintaland. And in the story, I make it out like it is sort of a macabre and also heartwarming sort of fun land devoted to these girls. And I'm not exaggerating. It truly was. Again, in the videos below, there is one. One of the first videos does show you some of the lineups leading to Quintland. And those are the ghosts, the hungry ghosts who are the fount of the fading applause. Now, as I had said, it is a tragedy and a triumphist story. It is a story that spans from 1935 in a small village of Northern Ontario, where I grew up near. And it does span until today, up until two years ago. Uh, the girls were in the news a lot about saving their home and that's in another video. You'll get to hear them speak about it. There's other videos online you'll notice about how they had, you know, struggled with the government through their teens to be removed as wards of the state and have the Quintuplets Act abolished because there was a law devoted to their care and how they had been sort of kidnapped by the government. Very strange stuff. How they had had uh, struggles with language laws and they're some of the first feminist icons here in Canada when you think about it because they wanted to work. They wanted to leave the home they wanted to leave the clutches of this um, sort of oppressive government there was a lot of men in black suits surrounding them at all times and they wanted free of that more than they wanted free of the public because the public were not as terrifying i suppose and then it became terrifying the public became uh something of an oppressor to them after they had been able to spread their wings a little bit and you know some of them died very young some of them are continuing on but in 1990 to 1994 they settled with the government with a four million dollar settlement because a lot of the money that they had raised or made straight up made had been misappropriated so they created this fund and they paid the surviving quintuplets money and one of them tragically had it stolen by someone within her family and he's still on the lamb with her money it's tragic and anger making oh my gosh so it is just a story that is so rich and i feel awkward in a way boiling it down to this story that is based on the grounds at which their house used to sit but be that as it may i hope you enjoy it because it was a labor of love i've been meaning to work 
that area and that story somehow into a story of mine without talking necessarily about them because that is a whole story in and of itself. So I know it's a lot to pack into a little video for such a rich story and of course read my story and have that whole different take on it. So if you're familiar with the story and familiar with my story, I, I know this is a lot. I've included a link to the Dion Quinn's Heritage Board down below so you can visit and learn more about the museum from the horse's mouth and donate and support all that you like. I hope that you pick up a copy of Local Haunts or win a copy if you're entering one of the giveaways. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to Regina for creating this. Thank you to Cameron Rubik for illustrating it. Thank you to Jason White for introducing it in the foreword. Thank you to every single writer. And super thank you to Andrew for mentioning me in his video and thanking me for enjoying my story. That was really touching. So thank you all. And have an ooky, spooky day. Are you enjoying the music of typical books? You can pick up the new Anorax EP, Human or Nearly So, at Bandcamp for free by visiting anorax.com. Enjoy! If you are looking for something new to read, some insight or reviews of horror you have read, or even talk from a writer's perspective, I hope you enjoy this little show. Feel free to check out the YouTube version by searching Typical Books, or visit me at lydiapeaver.ca. Thank you, and have a dark, devious day.